Welcome back to the SC Hardback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. Welcome to another off-season pod today. Thought it'd be good. We're 10 weeks into our off-season big board, so I thought it'd be a good chance to look at it, see where the players are lined up and what we're looking forward to heading into preseason. Most teams, one or two weeks, some three into their preseason. Chops and changes, the draws come out, so I thought it'd be a good little snapshot here. We can have a look, see where we are, and follow this throughout the week now. So let's look into it. Let's uh, get the old share screen a go here. If you are looking, we are going to be posting this on YouTube, so get to that one there. But here we are. This is the big board. So a mock draft, we started 10 weeks ago, and every week just been kind of going through a round at a time. So we started with just the round one, 12 players, and now obviously 10 versions in 120 deep. So this is a typical typical 12-man league. Obviously can be used for a 10 as well. Uh, but here we are. Here's the top 12 players, and... Out of all these guys, 11 have really stayed in the mix here. Uh, there's been a few that have dropped in and out, but this is mainly the group here. So first, Nathan Cleary, second, Nico Hines. I think that is the one too. The Sharks draw makes it very interesting to go towards uh, Nico Hines, number one overall. But to me, while Nathan Cleary is playing, he's the unicorn. He gets those points, even with origin, even with a couple of injuries in pre, pre previous seasons. This is the guy to me that just you have to take him one overall. Number three, Tom Trevojevic. So obviously, that is a bit of a gamble there. But to me, he is a match winner. And this manly side is well-equipped to make a big run this season. So, yes, there is some injury history. But Tom Trevojevic, to me, is the guy. If you are the third pick, it'd be very hard to turn down a proven comp winner like Tom Trevojevic. Number four, Dylan Brown. Obviously, very high. I haven't seen anyone else have him this high above the next three fullbacks. But to me, Dylan Brown is someone at that 5'8 position. People were drafting Cam Munster three and four overall the previous seasons. Dylan Brown is in that vein of form right now and has a level to go to. He is the lead playmaker for the Parramatta Eels in terms of a super coach scoring. And I just think that no origins, you know, he's going to be playing throughout the season. He's got a very good track record of staying fit in recent seasons. Dylan Brown at that 5-8 position where you want to try and get a premier position. He's a great VC and C option as well. You know, he's someone who, yes, he averages around that 72 mark the last couple of years. But to me, he's someone who can really make a dent. And um, I think win your comp. That's why I've got him so high. I think he can win your comp. And what you can do by picking a 5'8 first overall, the flexibility into part to pick up a fullback and a halfback later on uh, in rounds two and three, I think gives you a unique opportunity to get a leg up on the, on the, uh, the opponents there. Number five, Caelan Ponga. Number six, Scott Drinkwater. Number seven, Reese Walsh. This is a tier of its own. Three gun fullbacks, three fullbacks that can win you comps. Um, they both need to do a lot for their points. Uh, that's why I've got them below Dylan Brown. I think Dylan Brown can do a lot less um, to score points. But you saw last season, Caelan Ponga, the way he finished the season, Scott Drinkwater, the way he really, in that middle part of the season, and Reese Walsh consistently throughout. These are guys that can knock out hundreds for fun. When they're on a flat track and they're versing someone who they can put a score on, these are three guys you want in your team. And when you verse them in your comp, you know, and the other opponent's got the C on them or the VC, it is a scary watch. So granted, they've got a higher ceiling than Dylan Brown, more reliable than Tom Trevojevic. But yeah, great options. If you've got the fifth, sixth, and seventh pick and you end up with one of these guys as your lead guy, um, it's a pretty big win now. Kalen Pong obviously drafted pretty late last year because of those injury concerns, and obviously that did pan out early in the year. 
Scott Drinkwater was around the end of the first round. There was some buzz about him. Very start slow to the season, but he obviously picked it up. And then Reese Walsh came out of nowhere. You know, he was getting drafted around four, five, six. Uh, so it's a huge rise for a guy like Reese Walsh there. I've got Tino at eight. So to me, once you kind of get past those first seven, they're the true, I believe, comp winners where, you know, you can just really take a shot and hope that you can win a comp there. Tino, similar to the Dylan Brown mold, is you can draft him and you can draft him in your front row forward. Uh, I believe he'll have the dual look and I can't see why he won't. You draft Tino as your front rower in the first round. Obviously, it opens up everything else. You get that front row out of the way. And this is a guy who can average 70, 75, and just has a huge motor. I think that Titans team will be even better with Des Hasler, with some of the signings they're going to be bringing in there and some of the guys in their second and third season in the system. So to me, Tino is an absolute lock for a first round. I don't think he falls outside of the first 12. In my draft comp, if I am pick 12 and Tino is there, I will happily draft him because I know I'm going to get the perfect VC, really, when you think about it. So when I say that, you know, you could draft a guy, let's say you're at the 12, and you draft Clint Gutherson. You can put Gutho as your VC and really hope for a big score from Gutho. If that doesn't come through, you can go to Tino and say, Tino, get me my 75, lock me in my 150, and I'll see how the week goes. That is a lot of safety and security having a guy like Tino and your team doing that. So to me, Tino is a guy that I really want to have there. And I'm not too concerned about guys saying that's an overreach because you've got to think of the strategy. Once you get kind of part of those guys, the next four guys are great options, but I just think Tino's the safest. Nine and 10, Teddy and Latrell, another little group there. Fullbacks that can definitely win your comp. Uh, obviously a little bit harder now. Teddy, obviously getting on there in years, a bit more tread on those tyres for sure. And Latrell Mitchell, just the injury suspension the last couple of seasons can't be ignored there. Um, yes, when he's on the field, an absolute winner, 80-plus overall average, no doubt about it. But can you rely on him for every single round? To me, I would rather have Tino. I'd rather take a gamble on Reese Walsh, Scott Drinkwater, even like a Dylan Brown. So... Latrell Mitchell will be someone who will draft, be drafted high in a lot of comps. I think he will go around four and five in other comps. Uh, and I think Teddy, this is where I think Teddy's average draft position will be. I think that Teddy will be eight, nine, ten in that range. I can't see him climbing into the top six. I can't see him falling outside the top 12. So to me, Teddy is the quintessential number nine, similar to how Damian Cook and Harry Grant were drafted in previous uh, comps. That's where Teddy will be this season. Number 11, Dave Feeder. Again, no knock there. That's going to be a great pick, especially with Des Hasler there. The 2RF spot is got a bit of depth about it this year. But if you go get the cream of the crop, you're absolutely laughing there. So I do like David Feeder again. A great, uh, similar to Tino, VCC option. You can, you know, throw someone out there and have the really big VC option. And if not, take the C. You're going to get probably a lowest 130, 140 with a David Feeder. And on his day, you can crack your 200. So Fafita's a good pick there at 11. And to round out the first round, Harry Grant at 12. I had him pretty low. I think I had him at number 18 or 19 to start the this process, but obviously 10 versions in. He's firmed up to me now. He's obviously the premier hooker, similar to Dylan Brown here. Go look yourself in, Harry Grant. You don't have to worry about that hooker position. And in terms of a trade, what I really like about Harry Grant this year is if you are looking, go, I'm going to AE it anyway. I don't really need the hooker position. I'm going to AE it. To me, Harry Grant is a great option to trade in the mid-rounds. You can really look at Harry Grant and go, okay, get a really big first month out of him, 
And what's the Godfather package you can get back? If your heart back is weak, if you've got, you know, you're missing a strike to RF or CTW, you could package Harry Grant into quite a few things. So Harry Grant becomes a very nice little chess piece. Uh, but if you just want to keep him, obviously season keeper, who play Origins, but again, here from a classic sense, don't mess around with trade in, trade out. Once you've got Harry Grant, you're set with him for the year. You'll ride him the whole way through. So that's the first round. Cleary, Hines, Trevojevic, Dylan Brown, Ponga, Drinkwater, Walsh, Tino, Teddy, Latrell, Dave Fafita, Harry Grant. Round two is where it gets really, really interesting. To me, I've got a mix of, you know, possible comp winners, really, really solid week-in, week-out guys, and some wild cards. So we'll run through it. Gutherson at 13, Garrick at 14, Munster at 15, Isaiah Yo 16, Payne Haas 17, Val Holmes 18, Asako 19, SJ 20, To'o 21, Marzu 22, Cody Walker 23, Sam Walker 24. I want to start with those last two guys. Cody Walker and Sam Walker have risen huge for me. I had Cody Walker, I believe, in the fourth round. I had Sam Walker, bottom of the fourth, early fifth. To me, two guys in two teams I undervalued at the start of the season. I know they've got tougher draws than some of most teams, but to me, Cody Walker is in this interesting position where he's going to get Jack Wyden on his edge. I'm pretty certain that's how it will shake out, whether it's in the back row or in the center spot. So all of a sudden now, his edge is going to consist of, he had obviously Isaiah Tass and Alex Johnson there, but if you have Jack Wyden, who can be one of the world's greatest decoys, uh, and then you have Latrell swinging on the back of that with AJ on an edge, I just think it's going to be really, really fascinating how they deploy that. You know, it won't surprise me at all. You saw what Cam Murray was doing on an edge for Australia. If he wants to go on an edge, they probably will go onto that edge as well. Uh, Coolum Tongue, obviously, on the other one. Cody Walker's in a real unique position where you could drop Cody Walker as your second pick. And, you know, the way the big board's shaken out here, you could go Hines into Cody Walker. <laughs> That's quite an upside combination. Sam Walker, on the other end, is someone who I just look at and go, okay, it's been building. We've seen him from his rookie season. He's kind of building, building, building. We're at a point now with Sam Walker where it's, okay, I think this is the season. Obviously, last season, started the house on fire, got injured. Roosters weren't playing that great. They had a lot of injuries throughout their roster. But to me, I think Sam Walker is going to have a huge, huge season. And if you go early on him, second, third round, I think you will be rewarded very, very handsomely. Now, obviously, in this mock draft here, we haven't really gone into you know, or Cleary at one, can't draft Sam Walker as the second pick there. But I just think there's going to be around that mark, around that pick 24, guys will look at Sam Walker and go, okay, time to take a punt. If I absolutely nail my first round pick, time to take a bit of a punt here. I could potentially get two first rounders in my first two picks. And that's what we're all aiming for, right? Those first three picks, get those guns that can win your comp. Sam Walker's in that mold. A couple more players I want to identify here. I've got Isaiah Yo at 16. Some will say that's too high. This is a guy who just averages high 60s can get in that 70 mark i think he's gonna have a bit of a fire cam murray obviously took that 13 jersey at the end of the origin series isaiah yo and nathan clear two guys i think with that missed experience i think will come in and absolutely brain it this year and if you've got someone who you again let's say you've got a scott Drinkwater or a reese walsh in your first round you've got a very high upside guy but you don't have a lot of floor there again Go get yourself an Isaiah Yo, and you've got your perfect VCC option. Hey, Reese, go knock me a 250. If you can't do it, that's fine. I've got Isaiah Yo, he'll get me a 150, 170. 
I'll see how the week pans out. So that's that's the mindset for having Isaiah. They're similar to Pinehouse. Again, someone who can go nuclear, but again, just a very nice handcuff to a guy in the first round. If you're the first round owner of a Reese Walsh and can go into a Payne Haas and combo that little package, I don't mind that at all. A couple of swing guys in this round, obviously. I think don't think Gutho's a swing guy. He's someone who just is going to be around that top 10 mark all the time. So I'm very happy to have Gutho there at 13. If you can go Tino in a Gutho, that's a great stack to me. Oh, Garrick at 14. Again, this is a bit of a, how does Manly going to go this season? I think they're going to go very, very well. And I think they will do a great job there. So I'm very happy to have Ruben Garrick at 14. Val Holmes at 18, I think, is someone who has been drafted around that first round turn. Uh, so you get a bit of a value at 18, but again, just want to see how that goes. Jermaine Osako at 19. This is a guy that was drafted outside the top 200 last year. And now I'm saying he's going to be a top two round pick. It's quite a jump of that Dolphins team with what we expect them to do in round uh, in season two. I think you're getting yourself a pretty good uh, pick there at 19. Again, if you're looking at the big board as a whole, if you could go Dylan Brown into Jermaine Osako, I mean, that's that's pretty good. SJ at 20 is an interesting one. SJ at 20, can you can you keep the form going from last season? I think yes. I think that Warriors team is just tailor-made to him, especially if he gets an RTS on his edge. And then all of a sudden you have, so you have Egan and Tohu playing through the middle with Adam into SJ out wide. You've got Chance moving out the back with Roger and Dallin on the edge. It's quite potent. So I think SJ at 20, there'll, there'll be guys, I think his average drop position will actually go way higher than that. I think we'll get drafted around that probably six to eight range. Um, I just think there's other proven guys there that have been there for multiple seasons, like a Clint Gutherson, like a Cam Munster. But I do like the intrigue of having SJ there at 20. Two more guys in this round to highlight there. Greg Marzio at 22. Um, can he keep it up? I think he can. I think him and Marzio will go back to back. I believe when Brian Toll gets drafted in your draft league, someone will go, okay, give me the next Brian. Give me the other Brian Toll. Give me Greg Marzio. So I think those two are kind of a partnership uh, tag team there. If you're the guy, let's say that at pick 24, you've got Nathan Cleary and no centers have come off the board except maybe Val Holmes or even Jermaine Asako. If you can go 24 Bryant to 25 Greg Marzio, yes, you put a lot of premier position into your CTW, but you can go Cleary to or Marzio. You've got basically a VC and a C every week because you know, you're know you going to stack that Cleary to or, and you have Marzio as that filter in and out. So another option, you can go really hard on the CTW this year and say, you know what? I think there's some value at fullback. I'm going to AE. Uh, either 5'8 or hooker, that doesn't concern me. Just go get me some high upside quality. I like that. Last guy I'll mention in this round is Cam Munster, obviously at 15. I think he, there's no way in order to drop it. His average drop position won't drop that far from what it's been. I think he'll be around that four to seven range. To me, I think Dylan Brown is the premier option in that position. And I just think there's other guys there. So if you can get Cam Munster at pick 15, you're absolutely laughing. I think that's a great pick. Uh, you know what you're going to get. You're going to get a 70. And if you can go some similar to a Kalen Ponga into Cam Munster, if you can go, I just got drink water into Cam Munster, pretty good options there. We'll breeze through the next couple of rounds because obviously can't go like this in depth every round. But as you can see here in round three, I'll run through it. Jerome Hughes, Ryan Pappenhausen at 26, Cherry Evans, Olaquato at 28, Nicara, Damian Cook at 30, Cam Murray 31, Joey Manu 32, Hopgood 33, Mitch Moses, 34, Dylan Edwards, 35, and rounding out 
round three is Pat Carrigan at 36. Obviously, a couple of Storm boys uh, leading the pack here, Jerome Hughes. Some people say that's way too low. Again, show me in that other one. If you're looking at draft strategy and, you know, picking a guy in round one and having a bit of a safety net at round two, that's why a Jerome Hughes will fall. Now, does that mean I think he's the 20th best player in Supercoach in 2024? Absolutely not. I think he'll be a bit higher than that. But I think the way the cards will shake out, I've got a few halfbacks over him, and I think some guys will value some other positions there. Pappenhausen's the great swing position at 26. What's he going to do? If he's healthy fit round one, he'll squat, he'll skyrocket up these rankings. If, you know, there's a bit of uncertainty and, you know, I think 26 is a good spot for him. You know, you can still nail your first two round picks and then take an absolute gamble and a flyer on Pappenhausen at, at round three um, could win your comp. The Manly combination, 27-28, again, similar to Turbo. They're set up this season. One more guy I'll mention in this uh, little group here. Mitch Moses at 34 is an interesting one. Mitch Moses to me is someone who can absolutely be on his day a great SC option. But again, I'm just so high on the other two para players, Dylan Brown and Clint Gutherson. It's going to drop Dylan, uh, Mitch Moses. And if you can get Mitch Moses back in around three, top end around four, you've got yourself quite a steal there. So I really, really do like that if you can kind of get that done for yourself. Round four. CNK 37, Tapane 38, uh, Eli Katoa 39, Adam at 40, Jacob Preston at 41. I'm that high on him this season, absolutely. Keon at 42, JMK at 43, Tungo at 44, Suali'i at 45, Ryan Madison 46, Herbie Fineworth at 47, and Dalen Watins-Lesniak at number 48. I've called this round the comp winner. Because I think there are some guys in here that can absolutely contribute to helping you win a comp. I think guys like CNK, Tapane, Elekatoa are guys that can absolutely help you in certain weeks win your comp. I think there's some CTWs in here. Tungo, Suali'i, Herbie Farnworth, Dallin. Guys that probably should be higher, but again, just there's so many players this season that can really do a job for you. I think JMK, a healthy JMK, could potentially be the second best hooker this season. And then you've got some... Really nice two reps here. Preston, Kulamatungi, Ryan Madison. I think all of those guys can really help you do a job, especially Keon. I think Keon at 42, if that left edge is going to be so potent, there's going to be some real opportunity to quickly swing to the right, and I think Keon can benefit from a lot of those. So, yeah, round four is I think there's some hidden gems there, and I think if you can get any of those guys in round four, if they, if they fall that far, it's a very, very nice draft pick. Round five is guys I really, really want to love. I think I want to love all these guys. I want to put them higher, but just something holding me. But this is the whole background for me. RTS, obviously, 49. Yes, he's come back to the NRL. It looks great in that first training video. Just how is it? Is he going to play center? Is he going to play wing? Is he going to play fullback? What's he going to do? Ezra Mam at 50. A great option in the 5'8". Can he take that next step up? Zach Lomax at 51. Is he playing fullback? Is he playing center? Campbell Gray at 52. Was that end of season a bit of a fade? Is that just that injury? If he's fit and healthy, he's going to be like he started the season. Tohu at 53. I just put on the socials today. He's only really had two great, great seasons. Um, so can he carry that form from last season and stay healthy? AJ Brimson at, 40, at 54. Fullback 5'8", centre. Can Des get the most out of him? If he can, he can stay healthy. He skyrockets up these rankings. Tommy Gilbert at 55, started the season house on fire last year, got injured. Can he stay fit and healthy and really build on that performance? Ronaldo at 56, 
you know, we all got burned last year, a couple of really, really low scores, but that shark straw is too appealing. Can he skyrocket up these rankings? Dan Gagai at 56, at 57, probably the safest option in this group. Can that Newcastle team perform like they did last year and carry him up the rankings? Talatau Kula at 58, Manly. Are they going to perform? And if they do, that's fine. Can you beat, you know, how you are a fullback and how you want to get involved? Can you do that at the centre? Can you roam a little? Can you get that ball in your hand? Will Kennedy, 59. I really, really want to love this Sharks fullback. I really, really do. But I like the other one better. I like Kate Dykes a little bit more. But that opportunity for Will Kennedy at 59, I think, is really, really great. And then Bo Furmore at 60. This is a guy who will get slept on because he won't even be in your pre-draft list. But this is a guy last year getting drafted third, fourth round. You can get a bit of a value here. So to me, Bo Furmore at 60, if he can come in, get that starting tour spot, and just really look fit and healthy at the start of the season, could be a tremendous pick for you. Because again, you wanted to draft him round three and round four last year. Nothing's changed by the injuries. and come fit and healthy with a better coach and a better system. So all of a sudden, you're getting a couple of round discount for this guy you thought was a third round pick last year. So that'll be a very, very interesting one. Breeze through these last couple here. So 61, Lindsay Collins. 62, Sean Lane. The Hammer at 63. Flegler at 64. Penasini, 65. Nanai, 66. Phil Sami, 67. AJ, 68. 69, Hudson Young. Luke Brooks at 70. Selwyn Cobo, 71. And Mo Fodawaka, 72. Just really integral week-to-week guys in your draft comp. Go get me my 55. Give me some attacking stats. Give me a 70, 75 and lock it in. You've got a mix of front row forwards, two RFs, CTWs and halves. Obviously, Luke Brooks, one of my favorite picks in this uh, season where I just think that you'll get an absolute value pick out of Luke Brooks and what he will do for that team, especially when Dal- we always value Joey Manu when Teddy goes to origin. Could be something very similar with Luke Brooks when Daly Cherry Evans goes on origin duty. Just going to flag that. I think this is a great Luke Brooks season there. Next round, Dom Young, 73, Matt Burton, 74, A-Ray, Adam Reynolds, 75, Kim McKinnis, 76, Dearden, 77, Bradman Best, 78, JDB, 79, Matt Timokor at 80, Jerome Luai at 81, Blake Braley at 82, Corey Horsberg at 83, Ben Hunt, 84. Once again, still in that mold of go give him my 55 with an attacking side, give me a little bit more. Guys that may not play Origin, guys that will play Origin, there's just a good little mix here. This is just, from last season, this is the group of did well, can we build off it? Had a pretty, had a bit of a slow season, can they build back up on it? This is just, to me, the kind of, this, this round here is the, I want to try and find that gem. There's all these different pieces here. Jerome Luai, can he take a step up in his potentially his last Panther season? Blake Braley, can you go into the top three hookers? I'd love you to do that. You're one of the last remaining 80-minute hookers. Go be that guy that goes in the top three. Matt Burton, Ben Hunt, Adam Reynolds. Guys that on their day can be top five in their position. Go do it. Matt Timokol, can you build off that season last year? Dom Young, same thing from you. Bradman Best, same thing from you. So... Just this is a bit of a show me round, and I think you need some nice value here because some of these guys will end up in the top forty at season's end. Who? That's the question. You've got to try and you've got to work out what you've got in your team already. Really work out those top four, five round picks for yourself. Where am I missing? And where can I want to try and get some value? I think these last couple of rounds is what you saw. Next round here: Michaeli Rawalawa, eighty-five; Ruben Cotter, eighty-six; Isaiah Papali'i, eighty-seven; John Bateman, eighty-eight; Jareen Buller, eighty-nine. That little Panth, uh, Tigers trio, we'll come back to that. Number 90, Jacob Kiraz, 91, Bryce Cartwright, 92, Stephen Crichton. Come back to him in a second. 
Brian Kelly, 93. Viliami Kikau at 94, way low for Viliami. Nat Butcher, 95. Scott Sorensen, 96. So we'll first take those first three Tigers. To me, it's all about the draw. They're playing round 26. That's Supercoach Finals for most, most comps. They would be higher, but to me, just that you can't draft them any higher than this. You know, you can get you through the season, but they're not going to be there on grand final day for you. So that's why they're low for me. Stephen Crider, 92. Now, if I see that you're goal kicking and that you're the fullback, you're going in the top 50. You'll probably switch places with someone like Matt Burton, and then you'll go a little bit higher than that. So I think that Stephen Crider is someone who, throughout this offseason, we've got to see where that gets to. And then that Butcher, I had him in the top 50. But to me, there's just such a logjam of that two-row position. I really need to see who's going to start for that two-row slot for the Roosters. You've got Satili, you've got Angus, you've got Josh Wong, you've got Nat Butcher, you've got Egan Butcher. You've got all these guys that will do a job there. And I just need to see how that's going to shake out. So one of those Roosters will end up, the, probably the Rooster that ends up on the Sam Walker edge, will skyrocket towards that top 50, even maybe the top 60. Uh, and the other one will probably sit around this 95 mark. But I just want to kind of see that a little bit more to understand where that is. Two more rounds here. Luciano Lua, 97. The Fish at 98. Jaden Campbell at 99. Luke Keary, player 100. A little bit of a hooker run here. Reed Money, 101. 102. Reese Robson, 103. The Cheese, Brandon Smith. A couple of gun CTWs on their day. Marcus Sevo, 104. Will Warbrick, 105. Some front row options. 106. Clemmer, 107. Mitch Barnett. And then Sua Falongo at 108. So Sua is obviously the player there. I'm going to look here and go, that's too high. This is for the Ryan Pappenhausen drafter. If you're going to draft Ryan Pappenhausen high in your draft, round two, round three, I think you've got to go early on Sewer here because to me, it seems logical he will slide in the fullback, not Nick Meany for the season next year. And that's your handcuff. And what a handcuff it is. It is similar to when you drafted Pappenhausen a few years ago and you, you tagged him with Nico Hines and kept him on your bench as the safety net. What did Nico Hines do when he got that spot? It was about a 70 average. So... To me, you've got to draft for that handcuff. And to me, Sua is that guy where this is not this is not high at all. This is round nine. So, you know, round nine, last year, I think I picked Egan Butcher round nine uh, just because of the preseason hype. I'm like, I'll just take a punt here. And I still got to a grand final. So it's not going to hurt you to lose a round nine pick. All these guys here, you look at these round nine picks, you know, some safety with Luciano Fisher, uh, Clemmer, Barnett, but then some absolute potential components, Jaden Campbell, Sevo, Warbrick, far longer. So to me, this is the, the round where go get yourself a guy that you think could really help you, whether it's uh, some stability in a position you don't have yet or a handcuff um, that you just want to really kind of look in there. And then the last round here that we've got so far on version 10, uh, so Tua Lungi, Stags, Jaden Braley at 111, Liam Martin, Jaden Sewer at 113, Angus Crichton at 114, Jack Wyden 115, Frizzell, Adam Elliott at 117, Jamal Fogarty, Toby Sexton 119, and Nick Meany at 120 overall. Angus Crichton will have to skyrocket if he's fit and healthy. Jaden Braley will skyrocket fit and healthy. Jack Wyden, once we know the position, will skyrocket. And then obviously all these other guys here, Tuolungi, Stags, some CTW depth. Martin, Sua, Frazell, Elliot, some 2RF depth, and then Jamal Fogarty and Toby Sexton, if you haven't picked up your half yet. 
to me, this is the big board. Uh, like I said, we, we build on it every week and we kind of just go through and go, who are the guys we want to kind of target and look at? To me, round one is basically set. I don't really see anyone dropping in and out of this crew besides injury. Um, this is the 12 guys I think that I've got as the the cream of the crop and then there's the, the tier under there. So this is what we're working with, guys. Um, get to the socials at the SE Heartback. Again, posted every week, a new version. This week, there's not too much to come out of it. Probably not going to be too in too much at all. But we do have every fortnight the positional rankings. So similar format based off the mock draft. We kind of just show you by positions. So you can see if you've got a guy that you think is the fifth overall, but we've got him at nine or vice versa. You might have a guy who you think is 10. We might have them at four. And all of a sudden you need a, it's just a little bounce off to go. Am I thinking, you know, this is my thoughts. Am I thinking similar to others out there? So that's why we've got this here. But again, get to the socials. We're posting things like players last six seasons. So, you know, what has a guy like um what has a guy like Tohu Harris done in previous seasons? Those are the type of things we will be tackling there. So get to the socials at the SC Halfback. Uh thank you for watching. I hope you like this format. I'm gonna try something different here. So thank you for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.